This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. So, Bree, I remember this one time I was in a bike race around Tucson, and uh, I wasn't paying attention. We were riding down 4th Avenue, and there's railroad tracks, like street track tracks, and my bike's tire like went and wedged in to the railroad tracks, no. and I totally fell down and just like skinned my hands, everything. Ugh. I had nothing with me, nothing at all. And it's that times where you want a first aid product and you have nothing. And <laughs> active skin repair utilizes a molecule called hypochlorous acid. When applied to the skin, the molecule works by mimicking the natural immune response to cleanse, soothe irritation, reduce inflammation, and support healing. I've used it on my son's mosquito bites, and I wish I would have had it the time I totally scraped up my hands. Oh, I hear you. Like whenever I go paddleboarding, kayaking, I'm always trying to find something that is like an all-in-one that I can take with me. And active skin repair could be used like that. It can be used to treat cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, and other types of skin damage. It's also safe and non-toxic, which makes it suitable for all skin types, all parts of the body, like eczema and acne-prone skin, all of that. With over 500,000 happy customers, thousands of five-star reviews, and ingredients so safe and clean they can be used from the youngest member of the family to the oldest, you now have one simple solution for all of your family's skin health needs. Visit www.activeskinrepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and to get 20% off your order. Use code NOGUILT. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom podcast. I am your host, Joanne Crone, joined here by my enthusiastic co-host, Bree Tucker. Whoop, whoop. Hello, hello. How's everybody doing today? <laughs> so today, Bree, we are talking with Audrey Monkey, who wrote this book, Happy Campers, which I was like so excited to read because she's a camp director and I spent so much time as a camp counselor when I was like just in high school and in college and those camp memories were like some of the best memories of my life. Yes, like I, you have uh, mentioned that before because I know like we went on our Girl Scout camping trip mm -hmm. and um, I was one of the parent volunteers. I did not get to have that lovely experience as a child of a camp and honestly hearing the two of you talking about all the benefits and, and what it was like. I feel like I missed out on something majorly awesome. I want to go to a camp now. Is there a camp for moms? There is, I think. Or teach us social Probably skills. Probably not right and... now, but yeah. But <gasps> We should make one. Make a camp for moms. <laughs> yes, we need to pair. Okay, Audrey, if you're listening, we need to pair up and make a camp for moms. A camp, yeah, a summer camp experience. Right? We can, we can go to Audrey's camp. Audrey, we can come to your camp. Oh my gosh, I love it. And it'll be mom summer camp and... Could do all the things. We could teach parenting skills yes. and social interaction. Oh my goodness. All and right, just I'm have done. a community and I'm be done. like happy in the woods. Yes. It's amazing. I want to make s'mores by the campfire and sing songs. That's fun. You know, the best thing about camp though, it's funny because I really didn't attend much camp as a kid. Mm -hmm. I was more in the leadership positions in camp where I went right for like CIT, which is counselor in training. And then I became a counselor at this one. It was a Girl Scout camp in Tucson, Arizona. Camp Whispering Pine, shout out. But um, the, the benefit of camp was just having this great community of people who had like your shared values and beliefs. I mean, one of the things in our camp, like... Uh, like our camp culture was that everybody needs 14 hugs a day. Okay. And that's a great, okay. Just right there. That translates so amazingly throughout the rest of your life and as a parent, because mm -hmm. 
Seriously, I, I don't. If you know me, you know that when it comes to my kids, if whenever they're all grumpy, I'm like, "You need a hug." Uh, yeah. So like, Which uh, worked well when they were little. Now they kind of run away because they're teens. They but, you are. Know, whatever. Everyone needs hugs. But like every morning, we got up and we would see each other in the, like the mess hall. The lodge is where we had breakfast, and we would give each other hugs. And they were. It was amazing way to start the day. You just felt so loved, and that's what camp can bring you and that is the environment that Audrey was creating at her camp too but today's episode we got Audrey to talk to us about how to coach kids to better friendships oh my gosh and that is such a I admit I think about so many things with my kids and I worry about them having friends and you know how that how that happens, but I guess I never really thought about teaching them those skills on how to cultivate those friendships. I never thought about teaching them that either. But when I read this chapter in Audrey's book, it was so like, oh my gosh, yes. (sighs) And then then came the next step where I'm like, everybody needs these skills. So this interview with Audrey Monkey, she is the camp owner director at Gold Arrow Camp, which is in California. She's also the host of the Sunshine Parenting podcast and website and the author of Happy Campers, Nine Summer Camp Secrets for Raising Kids Who Become Thriving Adults. She specializes in raising happy, self-reliant, kind, responsible kids using the secrets from summer camp. And we hope you enjoy our conversation with Audrey. So this episode is brought to you by the Sibling Adventure Log. Hey, mamas, if you need something for your kids to do right now, I'm talking about right now, go and get our free Sibling Adventure Log. It is 14 missions of just fun things that will get your kids happy and interacting together. And you can go to noguiltmom.com backslash sibling dash adventure dash log or you can follow our link in the show notes. Let's get on with the show. You want mom life to be easier. That's our goal too. Our mission is to raise more self-sufficient and independent kids, and we're going to have fun doing it. We're going to help you delegate and step back. Each episode, we'll tackle strategies for positive discipline, making our kids more responsible and making our lives better in the process. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom podcast. Welcome, Audrey, to the podcast. We're so happy to have you here. It's so fun to be here. Thanks for inviting me. And we were just talking before we started recording about like all of the wonderfulness of camp and the things that you get from camp. So I am, I'm really looking forward to this discussion because I'm uh, like camp was one of the best experiences of my life. And I am so excited for what you have to share with everybody about what you learn there and also how to help kids have these great friendships that you foster at camp. Well, I, I do love always talking to a fellow camp believer, so <laughs> I'm believer. glad that you get it. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about you and what you do. Sure. Well, um, so I am, I have five kids. My husband and I have five kids and they right now are ages 17 to 26. So I'm a mom to a lot of kids, which is really fun. And um, my background and my whole professional career has been in summer camp, as you mentioned. I actually started working as a camp counselor when I was in college, and uh, I thought I wanted to be a teacher. I, I knew I wanted to work with kids. And so I wanted the experience of 
working with kids a little bit more. So the summer of 1986, I applied to a camp that I had only been to once as a child that I remembered really enjoying as a water ski instructor, because I had, I grew up in a family um, that loved the water and boats. My dad taught me how to drive boats when I was like nine years old. And so I had been teaching friends to water ski since I was like 11. Oh, wow. <laughs> Out on boats alone. <laughs> this was before like rules, you know, this is, um, <laughs> and so, so by the time I was 19 and applying to work at camp, I was an experienced boat driver. I had taught a lot of kids to water ski, my friends and had driven boats for hours and hours and knew all about them and everything. So that first summer I got to camp and within just a couple weeks, I was like, oh my gosh, like this is my place. I love it here. I felt just a great sense of um, belonging. Um, I felt relaxed. I had been, um, I had gone to a really intense um, college preparatory high school. I was at Stanford University for college. So I had kind of had that life of just achieving, achieving school focus, just like surrounded by people who are just, you know, what's the next thing? What's, and I get to camp and, you know, I'm just sitting around the campfire, talking to kids, talking to them in my boat. I ended up being like, um, the way I describe it now is the part I liked best was being like a life coach for my campers. I love just like, you know, they would be sharing about like what's going on at home and their friends. And I just loved talking to them and like getting to know them. And I had my little posse of kids who like to go early morning water skiing. So I, that first summer I was just hooked and, um, long story short, I ended up after graduating from college, I was teaching and I was in the pro I was teaching on an emergency credential mm. and I ended up having the opportunity to buy the camp. And so I, I always just say, it was just like one of those things that like the, the timing and just everything was uncanny. My first summer working at camp, the founder of the camp had passed away the December before. So his wife, who was quite elderly, was already talking about selling it. So during the whole, my whole time during college, I'd be at camp and they'd be talking about like people would be coming through like, oh, maybe this person's gonna buy camp. And so it was just like this talk. So it was a total pipe dream. And then through a weird series of events, I ended up being able to buy the camp in 1989 when I was 22 years old. <laughs> oh my goodness. That's, a pretty, that's pretty young to make that sort of decision and to yes. have it like you're still with it and still working in that same field. That's, that's amazing turn of events, how that all happened. Yeah. I always tell people that like, I pr I'm so much more risk averse now that I probably mm -hmm. would not do it as but, an adult, you know, <laughs> it's almost like you needed that at 22 to be like, yes, let's go for it. You, you wrote the book, happy campers, the nine summer camp secrets for raising kids who become thriving adults. What is your secret about friendships and kids? Well, one of the things, so actually when I went into my master's program, what I really wanted to study was why, um, it was being unplugged, which was the reason kids were so happy at camp. But as I delved into it, there's just too many variables in a camp, you know, to do a like to do research on just one of the many things that are great about camp. And what really rose to the top in my research on positive psychology is that it is positive relationships that are the best predictor of everything good in life. So like the Harvard study, anything that you look at, um, Susan Pinker, I think that's her name, work about the village effect. Basically, if there's one thing that we can do for our kids that will predict 
a good life for them, good career, good relationships, good health, it's relationships. Mm-hmm. And it's that connection. So like, that's why my book is bookended with connection comes first to your relationship in your family. And then the last one is helping your child with their relationships with other people. Because childhood friendships, not only are what, what Michael Thompson calls the gold of childhood. I mean, you look back on your childhood, what you're going to remember as the very best parts are those friends and doing fun things with your friends, right? And so um, what I was finding at camp as the years went on is that kids were getting, and I, you know, again, this is anecdotal, so this is my opinion, but I think it's being played out widely. Um, it's the, their social skills were not as good, like in the 2000s as they were in the 1980s. Mm. You have probably heard me talk about my dog, Addie, before. And when we first got her, we didn't know that she was a counter surfer. Now, counter surfing animals are the ones who jump on counters, especially kitchen counters, when you're not looking and take stuff off of them. Well, in this instance, Addie had jumped onto the kitchen counter and eaten an entire bottle of my other dog's pain medication. You can imagine the freak out that ensued from me. So imagine this. You're at the vet's office again, knowing that vet care costs continue to rise. You're anxiously waiting to hear how expensive the bill will be. But if you had pet insurance, your pet could be covered for accidents or illnesses. That's why you should check out ASPCA Pet Health Insurance. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program offers customizable accident and illness plans, making it easier for pet parents like you to help your pet get the care that they may need. They allow you to customize the plan, helping ensure that your pet's plan is as unique as they are. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program has been around for over 18 years, and they've helped more than 600,000 pets during that time. Because vet bills can really add up, especially when you're least expecting it. It's simple. Use their app to submit a claim and you'll receive reimbursement for eligible vet bills directly into your bank account. To explore coverage, visit ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash no guilt. That's ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash no guilt. Again, that's ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash no guilt. This is a paid advertisement. Insurance is underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by PTZ Insurance Agency Limited. The ASPCA is not an insurer and is not engaged in the business of insurance. Hey, all. It is Joanne. And Bree here. And we want to tell you about a podcast that you should check out. It's called Understood Explains. This season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Uturbe, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. And in this latest season of Understood Explains, it covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP, and it busts common myths about special education. We actually just listened to the episode, IEPs, Does My Child Need an IEP? And here is what we loved about it. 
I loved that it was so digestible. Like it was such a short episode and all of the topics, which could be really confusing to parents, were easily explained. And I loved how they gave great concrete examples because you know how much I love me a good example. They explained what kind of services and supports you could actually see on a child's IEP or individual education plan. And they explained those acronyms that nothing drives me more crazy than when there's acronyms and I don't get it. I don't know what it stands for. They took the time to explain everything in so much detail and to cover concerns that a lot of families have about special ed services. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains, or just click on the link in our show notes. Um, Why do you think that is? I I think uh, many, many factors. One is more structure to their lives. So everything became, you know, came so like, you're going to a sports practice and like you're on a team with your friends, but, and then you're going to, you know, Girl Scouts and you're going to this and you're going to that. Whereas in the eighties and like, I, I was like a 1970s, 1980s kid. It was just a lot of unstructured time, right? We were just kind of on our bikes riding around and I was out on boat. I mean, I was just, you know, we were all over the place without adult supervision, <laughs> which sometimes wasn't good, but, um, well, it's but like watching think, stranger things. Have you watched stranger? Oh, things? I love <laughs> Oh my gosh, my husband and I. Where are the parents? (laughs) Yes. Well, and that is the thing is that when you look back on your childhood, the best memories are usually when your parents weren't there, not Mm -hmm. to be offensive to parents, but it's those. It's those childhood adventures, which is why camp for so many kids is so amazing because even though there's adult supervision, camp counselors don't feel like real adults because they're young enough to still be like cool and fun. They're Mm -hmm. not like old and tired and parental, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I know how that is. (laughs) Yeah. And it's that it's actually, it's, it's a, it's a thing that people know about. It's called near peer um, leadership. So when they're, when the people are just a few years older than you, you, um, you respond better to their leadership than to someone who's like, you walk into class and if your teacher is, you know, 50, like my age or whatever, you're just like, oh, that's kind of like an old teacher. But when you have that young teacher who's just out of their, you know, program or whatever, you're like, oh, this is kind of fun. You know, I don't know. So in any case, what I really found was in my research that it was these relationships that is the best predictor. So then taking Mm -hmm. that back, well, how do you get good relationships? It's, things that you actually do. It's, it's these social skills that need to be practiced. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what I saw was being neglected. I think most parents were very focused on kids' academics and their athletics. So it's you know, what ha- you know, getting tutoring for math, getting extra coaching for the sport, Yet how many parents were spending time thinking about, um, you know, how are my child's conflict resolution skills mm-hmm. and yeah. how, when they go into a new school or a new environment, how are they at making friends? Mm-hmm. Um, there was so much talk about like anti-bullying and kind of what not to do. And it bothered me that we weren't focusing more on what to do. You know, in my little world of camp, I got to focus on those things like have, you know, themes. First of all, we have our values of camp that we teach the kids, but then we would have themes for a whole summer, all of which basically revolved around things that will help your relationships. So we had, you know, a theme of kindness. We had a theme of gratitude, Mm -hmm. positivity. We like rotate through these themes, but all of them come back to when you're grateful, when you express thanks to someone 
that, that makes your relationship better when you're kind. Yeah. What I hear you saying is that it's important for kids to have these friendships when they're younger, but when they don't have the social skills to really foster those friendships, that's where we run into a problem. And I know in your book, you encourage parents to be kids, friendship coaches. Can you talk a little bit about how parents can do that for their kids? Sure. Well, the first thing is to have a growth mindset about mm, social skills. That is important. Um, we I love the yes. growth mindset. Yes. yes. <laughs> um, I think many of us were raised thinking that people were either good at making friends or not good at making Mm -hmm. friends. I mean, even in like my early years of working with kids, you know, the conversations that adults would have about kids, like, oh, you know, she's a leader. She's Mm -hmm. really good at, you know, leading the group and, and he's really awkward. So, you know, spend a lot of extra time with him because he's awkward. The other kids don't really get along with him. So we had that fixed, even in the way adults like kind of labeled kids, So that's the number one thing as a parent to look at your child, not as social or good at making friends or quiet or whatever your labels are. And instead look at social skills, the same way you look at anything else, that they are skills that you need to learn and practice and they do not necessarily come naturally. So some kids just like sports analogy, some kids like get out on a field and things come really easily to them and they are good at it pretty quickly. And others need, you know, very specific coaching on how to hold the ball. So anyway, social skills are the same way. And what we did at camp and what parents can do at home is really break it down. First of all, to realize that all kids have social skills, strengths. There are things that they're good at, you know, that they're good at socially. Could be that, um, you know, quieter kids are often really good at listening or observing other people's like how other people are feeling. Mm-hmm. So um, that's a that's a strength, right? It's a huge strength. Those quiet kids don't get enough credit. <laughs> They're great observers of the world and seeing people's inner emotions. Oh, they make awesome. They're sometimes the best friend. My husband's like that. One of my kids is, you know, and so again, like as a parent, being able to embrace that, mm-hmm. you know, your child might not be the most outgoing kid, but look at how, what a good friend they are to, you know, this one person. Another thing that I, I, a lot of parents will ask me, well, you know, is it okay if my child only has like one friend or two friends? And it's like, gosh, you know, when you look at the world, all you really need in this life is like, a couple of good friends. So some kids, you know, have this huge crowd of people, but really most, a lot of those relationships are not really deep. So, you know, quality over quantity, I think for sure for friendships. So in terms of coaching, if you, like a lot of parents have coached soccer or basketball, same thing with friendship skills. If you see that your child is not able to introduce themselves or kind of get an opening, that's a skill that you can practice with them. You can role play with them. Um, I have a lot of materials where I break it down step by step. At camp, what we do is we present it to everybody so that it's not, we're saying to one child oh, you need to learn how to introduce yourself. We say it to the whole camp and we all practice together. And that's really effective too, because you don't want kids to feel like they're being singled out. That is like, so when I read that in the book that you did that with your campers, I'm like, oh my gosh. Like if I had had that skill in my twenties, when I was trying to like network for my job, can you imagine how like powerful that is? And I think I think it's definitely something that kids need to know how to introduce themselves. And like, what are some other social skills that kids need 
that parents can teach them. The kindness thing goes into a lot of different things, but being able to compliment others with like real compliments. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my favorites is celebrating each other's victories. So this comes from like um, John Gottman, a lot of marriage research. So in the best relationships of any kind, when your friend accomplishes something, you feel as much excitement as the person. So it's like, if you have this victory, you, something good happens to you, you get a promotion at your job. You're like as excited as that friend. And that's something that I think kids we're, we're so focused on competition and like kind of individual stuff in our, yeah. especially our American culture that learning to be excited for and a and celebrate each other is such an important skill. And this is for adults too. All of these things are for like adults and kids. Yes. It is so, so. important to be able to celebrate each other and uh, not have that spirit of competition with everything. So I love that introducing yourself to others is a great social skill, being able to celebrate others' victories. Uh, what do you think one more skill that parents can concentrate on to teach their kids? Um, well, this is probably the hardest one. And I think parents do need to like really spend a lot of time with kids, especially who have a deficit in this area, but it's, um, their emotional regulation. So mm. oh, yes, 100%. yes. So kids who are most rejected socially by other kids have trouble controlling their emotions. So a lot of like emotional outbursts, overreaction to things, you know, um, you know, that, you know, it's like somebody says something and they don't even mean it. Like then the kid takes it personally or overreacts. And that's really unappealing to other people. Same with adults again, like it it translates. So, um, so really a lot of that is just, if you have a child that has, um, you know, trouble controlling their, those, especially those negative outbursts, it's, it's working together on, um, strategies, you know, simple things they can do, like whether it's, you know, any calm down strategy that's going to work for them so that they can take that breath, take that pause, learn, and it's really helping with them, you know, from when they're young, all the way through sitting with them and helping them and being with them because they can't help it. It's a skill that they don't yet have. That is one of the things that I feel like parents could really help help their kids in a huge way. If that's a focus at home, both with the adults and your whole family is normalizing that we get upset. We flip our lids. We talk about that Mm -hmm. at camp where the the dancing, you flip your lid. All of us do that sometimes. And we all need to learn our own strategies for how to calm back down. And that's kind of the journey of life, right? Like parents right now, when you're stressed, you know, we yell, we do things that we're like later, like, oh, why did I do that? I I wasn't planning on doing that. So talking to our kids about that too, saying, hey, you know what? I'm so sorry that I just yelled at you. You know how we talked about flipping your lid? I just flipped my lid and and I'm going to go have a cup of tea and I'm going to go sit and read for a few minutes and try to calm myself down. Um, So modeling that for our kids, I think that's a huge gift we can give them. Yeah. Modeling self-regulation is huge for kids. Like I don't ever remember my parents modeling that for me. I don't think it was very widespread in the eighties and nineties. And now, um, seeing like seeing our bosses, for examples, in work cultures, I had a boss used to flip her lid very, very easily. Um, and being able to control that in the workplace is just as important, um, as like learning the skill now and being able to control it as a kid. And I think as kids, that's where they get the practice and where they learn it. Well, and I especially loved how you talked through the steps because yes. lots of times like we're doing the self-regulation steps. Like I'm going to step away for a few minutes. I'm going to read a book. I'm going to have a drink of cold water, hot tea, whatever. And they don't realize that that's actually our cool off steps, mm-hmm. the things that we're doing. They just see us going off and doing it. 
I know we've heard this before, like just talking about that personal narrative of this is why I'm doing it. That is such a huge, huge thing. I love that. So huge. Shout out to Clarendon for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. Hey guys, Brie here. And let me tell you, April is a killer time of the year for me because it is crazy allergy season. I swear, everything that is in bloom looks fantastic and beautiful, but it makes it so I can't breathe. I am literally coughing, sneezing, rubbing my nose. I look like Rudolph half of the spring. It's terrible. But luckily for those of us who live with symptoms of allergies like I do, we live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can finally breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine is the best decongestant available. It relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy, watery eyes, itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. I absolutely love it. It is the only allergy medicine that works for me. So if you're ready to live life as if you don't have allergies, it's time to live Claritin Clear. Fast and powerful relief is just one quick Trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Well, hey there, busy mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wannabe Clutter Free a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it. But I will give you practical and, more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests, too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free. So this is a question that we ask everybody. What is your favorite hack for making kids more self-sufficient? It's, um, it's questions. My favorite question is, oh, um, so what are you going to do? Oh, I love that one. Yeah. So like, you know, like, so something went wrong, like, oh my gosh, I, I didn't get my math assignment in on time. And then, you know, just say, oh, you know, like kind of an empathetic response. Oh, I'm, you know, that's too bad. So what are you going to do? Because I feel like our, our instinct is to be like, okay, well, so let's do this and let's log in and let's do that. You know, we start like going into action because yeah, yeah, we know how to do it well because, you know, we've already done fifth grade math or whatever it is. So if you could just hold yourself back from the advice and just ask the question, so what are you going to do? I think that's a really good one. My other favorite question, which is one that helps your child be a future great employee, what else do I need to do? So if your child, for example, is doing the kitchen cleanup, to have them kind of be trained to ask you, you know, what else do I need to do? Or, you know, what do I need to do to finish this job? Because what we found in our staff, and I wrote about this in the book, is a lot of kids were not raised to be finishers. So they would like do like, like halfway through the job, like they would run a great bingo game with the kids and then leave all the stuff out and wait for, you know, basically mom or someone to come by and finish for them. So I like that question because that will 
it's like kind of teaching them to really be able to look around and see what needs to be done. And what ends up happening is eventually your question, your answer is, oh, you're all set. Because you sit like the first time you're like, oh, you still need to wipe down the counter or you need to, you know, take the trash out. But then eventually they start seeing for themselves and being more of a self-starter, which to me is like a hugely important quality. It's huge. And imagine the amount of nagging, like the less nagging we'd have to do as parents. If kids always ask, what else do we have to do? We'd be like, oh, well, that's awesome. Uh, what's coming up for you right now that you're excited about? Well, um, I've actually had a very restful year. Tons of rest and relaxation uh, in 2020. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Probably the thing that I, well, a couple of things that I'm involved in right now that I'm enjoying, um, they're all online, of course, but um, the Parenting in Place Masterclass, which mm -hmm. I enjoy being a presenter. I just present one week, but I really enjoy going to all of them too. I'm super, I, I'm there every week and I love learning from these people and I, and it's like something I look forward to a lot. That, and then the other thing that I'm doing, so this is something that really has given some purpose and meaning to my camp directors um, on my team is we're taking some of these um, lessons and things that we teach our camp counselors about connecting with kids and celebrating strengths and cultivating character. And we're doing these monthly webinars for teachers. So we have this, it's called Gold Arrow Teacher Academy. And we're just really having fun connecting with teachers and giving them really simple tools that they can use to just create more fun and connection and positivity in their classroom, whether that's virtual or live. And that's been really fun because we're just giving them little like camp type activities that they can do. And so that's been fun. So those are two of the things. And then I just still do my podcast, you know, my every week. That's so much fun. And we will put a link in our show notes to your podcast, Sunshine Parenting, uh, because that I, I've listened to a few episodes and they are amazing. And you always come away with very actionable tips and very easy, easy things to do. So thank you so much, Audrey, for coming on. Uh, this has been amazing and how to help our kids become better friends and foster great friendships. Uh, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. I want to go to camp now. I, I, I <laughs> you should you make an adult camp. <laughs> camp for adults, for mom. Well, Definitely. thanks so much for having me. I appreciate you, you having me on. So, okay. First of all, Audrey's interview. Oh my gosh. I love Audrey. She is so, she feels like one of my girlfriends. Yes. Like our girlfriends, right? Like she's so easy to talk to. So much fun. Oh God. She was so fun and just like the social skills she laid out that she teaches her campers like I was so impressed by because a lot of the times like in a classroom environment or in a camp environment or even in our own homes, many of the problems come from people not knowing how to interact with each other. You're right. Yeah. And they don't know like I love that she teaches campers how to introduce themselves to each other. Huge skill. Can you imagine if like we had all been taught that as kids and going into like our adult lives? and even like our lives when we were in high school and interviewing for a job, if we knew how to introduce ourselves to people and not have to be shy or not worried about like doing it a wrong way to make a bad impression, like, I mean, how, how much more confident would you be? I, I, so much more. And honestly, like I'm thinking back as you're saying that and I'm like, okay, when did I learn how to speak to others, introduce myself, have that general speaking skill set? Yeah, it was a class I took my senior year in college. Yeah. Like, I, I don't remember what it was. It was probably some, it was probably public speaking. It comes but, so late. It right. comes so late. Like I learned the basis of good communication in a communication class in college. Right. Like you could learn that so much like younger and, oh, I would just think, I would think it'd be world changing. Yeah. 
And when you're moving, like I'm thinking about school transitions because that's where my kids are right now. Like my my daughter moved into junior high this year. My son is moving into high school next year. And we're in an interesting predicament where he's coming from a charter school going into a public high school. And so the truth is, he's not going to know a lot of the kids. No. And this is a skill set, knowing how to introduce yourself, knowing how to find that. But she talks about like how, how to find that common thing mm-hmm. between you and another person to help cultivate that friendship. And all of those things are, are skills that he's going to have to use pretty heavily starting here in a year. And honestly, I think I'm a little behind the ball on that one. I better like, you know, make sure I go through those chapters a little bit more. I, and can I also just shout out to Audrey? Love that book. Parents, you have got to you get have got book. to get happy campers uh especially like chapter nine the ninth secret is this coaching kids to better friendships and she has a checklist of social skills that kids should learn which is so helpful which would probably be helpful for your son too just going through the checklist with him and seeing if he knows them i mean and just in overall that book like she has so many great tangible tips ideas resources like the whole back section of the book is just full of chuck full of resources but i especially had a spot in my heart for how every chapter mm-hmm. had a tie into family meetings because you know me i'm a family meeting gal yes and uh like and shout out to one of our episodes episode 32 we talk about family meetings, I highly, again, suggest uh, Audrey's book because, again, she every chapter, she ties the skill that she's talking about into how you can do that in a family meeting setting, which I think is huge. It's huge because sometimes in family meetings, you have no idea what to talk about. And oh, I know. You're winging it. You're winging it. And, and this gives some- you like specific skills like you can concentrate on in a family meeting to grow your kids into these amazing human beings. Oh, gosh. So, so, so awesome. So I uh, loved this episode with Audrey. Hopefully, you guys loved it just as much. We are part of the Audrey Monkey fan club now and i think we should all campaign for mom camp yes <laughs> yes audrey I'm, I'm gonna reach out to you on this man it's an idea just waiting to explode i know it i mom know camp. it yes. yes what if like two camps like a camp for our kids over on one side <gasps> of the lake and we get to be on the other side of the lake. <laughs> have like high school age counselors <laughs> take care of our kids because audrey did mention that like that age difference between like high schoolers and kids like, they listen the kids listen better and then just have mom camp you know us. what's funny? Okay, wait. So I love that. Uh, but when she said that about how they listen with the age difference, mm-hmm. because like my kids would be like, oh, yeah, they're in high school. They're so wise in There's their years. <laughs> but mom, you're not wise in your years because you're just old. <laughs> mom, you have no idea what you're talking about. You're just so old. But, you know, this person that's in high school gets it. <laughs> they have so much more life experience than I do. Right. Like, like four years, four more years. <laughs> I, I we kid we love but but at the same time there is so much truth in that there is there uh, is the joys of the teen years so. so hey if you're enjoying this podcast and like us riffing on uh <laughs> on our the kids. relative experience of high schoolers <laughs> compared to moms <laughs> can you hit subscribe and uh also we would so appreciate if you could leave us a review that helps more people find the no guilt mom podcast so we can help everybody become a no guilt mom yes if we're worthy of five stars we would love we it. We would really appreciate your five stars. If we made you laugh once, isn't that <laughs> worth five stars? I mean, come on. <laughs> so until next time, remember the best mom's a happy mom. Take care of you. And thanks for stopping by. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, 
Whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy.